Would you be interested in seeing films called The Cut Whore Killings, The Loners, Crusaders, Anhedonia and Season of the Witch? Well, you probably have already, under the names of Unforgiven, Easy Rider, If, Annie Hall and Mean Streets, which just goes to show how important a good title is. Until very late in post-production, Wong Kar Wai's masterpiece, In the Mood for Love, had been called A Story of Food. In the Mood for Love was Wong's seventh film, and his previous six had progressively positioned him as one of a cinema's most exciting, innovative and significant talents. Having screened his first feature, As Tears Go By, in the director's fortnight at the 1989 Cannes Film Festival, and then returning there to win Best Director in 1997 with Happy Together, Wong was invited back to the Quasette with his next picture, A Story of Food. It had long been in gestation, and even longer in production. The shoot had lasted a gruelling 15 months. But the editing was finally approaching completion. Yet, Wong was now dithering over the title, and decided to change its name to Secrets. Upon hearing this, the then head of the festival, Gil Jacob, vetoed Wong's suggestion, pointing out that the 1996 Palme d'Or winner had been called Secrets and Lies. So, Wong was labouring over the film's final cut, when a new version of an old American classic leaked from his stereo. I'm in the mood for love Simply because you're near me Funny but when you're near me Neither this version by Brian Ferry nor any other recording of Jimmy McHugh's and Dorothy Field's song can be heard anywhere in the film. Instead, Wong uses these three songs, all recorded by Nat King Cole. Aquellos ojos verdes, serenos como un lago. Quizás, quizás, quizás. With the exception of As Tears Go By, which was a gangster picture, all of Wong's previous works, Days of Being Wild, Ashes of Time, Chunking Express, Fallen Angels and Happy Together, each explored love from various perspectives, each one deepening the opinion that it is a crucial, yet elusive, if not an impossible experience. For that reason, Wong Kar Wai is held up as one of cinema's great romantics. Here is Wong himself. The point of this story is uh, I, I'm not trying to tell a story about an affair. Because I, 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 at first I think, well, to make a, f- a story about affairs could be very boring because so many films about affairs ha- have been made. And there will be no winner in an affair. So I try to find another angle and, uh, and I think the whole thing is about the, the time, the period, and also how people treat these affairs over the years, they keep it as a secret, and I think secret will be the main point of the story. In the Mood for Love takes place in the 1960s, almost exclusively in Hong Kong, and tells the story of Mr. Chow, played by Tony Lung, and Mrs. Chan, 
played by Maggie Chung. Because their spouses are always either working late or away travelling, Mr Chow and Mrs Chan find themselves marooned in mutual loneliness. Their solitudes are then united when they gradually come to realise that their spouses are conducting an affair. From that crushing realisation, their wounds heal by way of shared affection and then develop into unrequited yearning. Here is Tony Lung, who has appeared in six of Wong's films, followed by Maggie Chung, who has appeared in three. Uh, I try to, you know, to think about what this character will be. Uh, is it an editor or what, what kind of things did he write? What kind of article? Martial arts? And what, what does he look like? I, I was quite curious about what kind of look should I look like. And, and we try different kind of, of things. We put moustache. She's a very unhappy woman. I think she's unhappy with her life, but she's always trying to look for something in her life. But she's trying to be a good woman. That's why her life is not that happy, because when you're trying to be good, it's never happy. And um, she wants to be a good wife, somebody with a career, to do well. But somehow all these pressure is pre pre preventing her to look for her real happiness. Mr. Chow and Mrs. Chan meet in as mundane a fashion as you could apply to real life. They are moving into neighbouring apartments on the same day, and from those opening images, the film unites them in a unique manner. When they are with their respective spouses, Wong composes the images so we never see Chan's husband or Chow's wife. Instead, we hear their voices from off-screen which means we focus on the reaction of Chan and Chow, and we see how lonely they are in their marriages. In other words, Wong brings the sorry couple together through absence. Then, later, when their mutual loneliness threatens to spiral into an affair, Wong makes sure to place them together but isolate them in the frame. Either we see them through a car's windshield, imprisoned by bars on a window, or in deep shadows cast by streetlights. The way those shadows stretch out ahead of them instantly recalls the way David Lean filmed his unrequited lovers in Brief Encounter. The extended 15-month shoot of In the Mood for Love meant that no less than three cinematographers served behind the camera. Here is Christopher Doyle, whose work on In the Mood for Love marked his sixth collaboration with Wong. You know, there's two things that Wong Kar-wai says. Is one is, you know, have you read this? You know, and it has nothing to do with the film. I mean, you know, you know what, what books are you reading lately? So literature and the structure of literature informs a lot of our work, I think. And the second thing is, you know, listen to this. You know, I think that the, I think that the street should look like this. So how does the street look like music? And I think that's the great, you know, uh, what you call synergy. I think that's what it is. It, it, it's more about um, you know, the, the intent of music and, and um, like you say, there, there's something rhythmic. And, um, but it usually comes from other sources which have, haven't yet accumulated into the work. Wong has been a fan of classic European art films 
Ever since as a child, his mother would take him to the cinema. So it should come as no surprise then that he draws inspiration from several European directors, specifically Robert Bresson's sense of what is not seen, but what is heard from off screen. Michelangelo Antonioni's striking use of geometry and empty space. Bernardo Bertolucci's sensual camera movements and Jean-Luc Godard's singular approach to editing, especially in his films from the 1960s. No doubt you've noticed that I keep coming back to the same piece of music. Yumaji's theme, composed by Shigeru Umabayashi. That's precisely what Wong does. Sequence after sequence is marked by this elegant but melancholic waltz, where the violin sounds as if it were lamenting its absent companion. By using the melody and then coupling it with the same views of the same characters in the same places and doing the same things, Wong shows that Mr. Chow and Mrs. Chan are trapped. He reinforces this by frequently composing the shot so there is a frame within the frame in which Chan and Chow sit almost frozen in tableau, their sad situation prohibiting them from connecting, experiencing happiness and sharing love. Yet, while everything else appears to remain the same, the only thing that changes for them is their emotions, which grow ever deeper. And you can mark the deepening of their emotions by the changes in Chow's dresses and Chan's ties. I have mentioned several of Wong's collaborators, but by far the most important is William Chang Suk Ping. Not only has Chang edited every one of Wong's pictures since 1989, he has also designed the sets for each of those films. And he has designed the costumes for seven of Wong's ten features. So, while Wong is considered the auteur, Chang's contribution to In the Mood for Love should never be underestimated. Everything from the wallpaper and the shape of the restaurant's booths, right down to the texture and colour of Mrs. Chan's dresses. In a rare interview, Chang has said he does not like fashion. He considers it too transitory. And so, it is quite fitting that although the film is set in the early 1960s, the style of Chan's dresses, called Cheung Sam, was developed in 1920s Shanghai. By the time the 60s rolled round, the high collars had gone higher, the hemlines shorter and the shoulders more refined. And I think the choice of dresses is key to understanding the film. The dresses immediately connote nostalgia. Nostalgia occurs in times of anxiety. And what is nostalgia if not a sense of loss, a yearning for a time before things changed? Things were good before a certain event and have never been the same since. When Chairman Mao seized control of China in 1949, waves of Chinese fled to Hong Kong. Wang was born in Shanghai in 1958, and when he was five years old, his parents relocated to the then British colony. Therefore, it is no coincidence that In the Mood for Love begins in 1962, with Chow and Chan moving into their new apartments. 
Indeed, the film opens with a title card declaring, It is a restless moment. And it closes in 1966 with another title card declaring, He remembers those vanished years. As though looking through a dusty window pane, the past is something he could see, but not touch. And everything he sees is blurred and indistinct. Here is Wong again. I decided to stop in 1966, which is a very interesting moment in Hong Kong history because it is because of the cultural revolutions in China, we have the riots in Hong Kong, so a lot of people move away from Hong Kong. So it is the beginning of the, all this immigration happened afterward. Wong's work can be viewed in the light of two important episodes in Hong Kong's recent history. The signing in 1984 of the Sino-British Joint Declaration, stipulating the region's return to China in 1997 and then the Tiananmen Square Massacre in 1989. That event is undoubtedly the source of anxiety amongst Hong Kong citizens. Yet there is a clause in the Joint Declaration, a promise from China that for the following half-century, Hong Kong's economic system and way of life will remain unchanged. But undoubtedly things have changed, and surely greater change is on the way. So perhaps that anxiety informs the yearning and sadness of In the Mood for Love. But how do you cure yourself of such yearning and sadness? You might try as Mr. Chow did. Go up a mountain, find a tree, carve a hole in it and whisper of your pain. Then cover it in and leave it there forever. <laughs>